Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Monday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair and a football team that's undefeated did somebody, say nine and oh? did, did somebody say 9-0? Did somebody say 9-0? 9 and oh. So Arthur Motes, what? what's that mean? Holla at your boy. Are, are you saying that today is a special type of day? It is. A, it, it, you know what? I mean, it is a special type of day, but uh-huh. we're really getting used to these type of days around I mean, we parts. are, especially when it comes to Mondays, because all these Mondays this season have been what type of Mondays? A victory! 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 You gotta love it. You got to love it. <laughs> Arthur Motes, everybody out there listening, I mean, they should know the drill by now, but just in case you don't, if you want to chime in anytime over the next 120 minutes, you know where to find us. It's on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. And Motesy, you know what? There's been some complaints from Steeler Nation that aside from the Broncos game, the uh-huh. Steelers haven't really played a 60-minute game. Uh-huh. They haven't put anybody away. Uh-huh. It's been a little too close for comfort at times. Yeah, that's what they said. Well, not yesterday. No, <laughs> not, not, not yesterday. That baby. one, uh, let's just say that was the opposite of stressful. <sighs> that was beautiful. That That's what you want to see. In fact, at, at times it did get a little boring. I was like, I could get used to this right here. I, I like that element of the game. Okay. Can we have a moment of, moment of honesty? Yes. Just between me and you. Oh, yeah. Throw All right. There. I'm not going to tell this to anybody uh-huh. else. I can make sure the door's shut in here yeah. so no one's Shh. Lit. Don't say it too loud either. I may or may not have been peeking at that Bills Cardinals game <laughs> Man. In, the, in the in the second half of the, the truth, right? of the Steelers Bengals game. Uh, but Motsi, once again, uh, the defense just absolutely slamming the door shut, and Ben Roethlisberger leading the way. Those are kind of the two storylines for me. Number seven, despite no practice, he comes out and puts on a virtuoso performance, and the defense once again. Uh, just no quarter given any chance that the Bengals had an opportunity to, you know, maybe potentially get back in the game or get some momentum going. The defense shut the door every time. Man, and you just gonna leave all special teams too? Having special a big, teams I was about well to say, too. man, they they created a, t- a turnover, had a big return. Right, right. Can, can, can they get a little Barry, bit? Absolutely. Jordan Barry has can, been can, varsity. Can they, baby. can they get a little bit? A little bit? You know? No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, as Coach T would say, all three sides of the ball contributing to that one. Absolutely, man. That, I thought it was a, a great response, though, and. We did say that, man, this team, when they're faced with adversity, have responded extremely well. We saw when their bye week was moved. We saw when they finally got the opportunity to play the Titans again. And now we saw uh, in a situation where they had, you know, a a COVID uh, situation where certain players weren't even able to practice. But they all responded. They all picked up the slack. And the thing that I really enjoyed was how they all worked in concert together, man. We saw, okay – Offense moves the ball for a long drive. All right, defense is able to get the get, uh, three and out, get the offense right back out there. Defense is already tired yeah. now. And then we also saw where, okay, offense might slack a little bit here. Defense forces a turnover or special teams forces a turnover. 
all three phases, though, man, they did a great job of just working together and playing off of each other's positivity and ultimately creating those environments that we talk about, man, where it can get hostile. We saw at, at times, man, Joe Burrow, man, he, he was getting banged out. Yeah. You like to see that. I mean, yeah. you don't want him to get hurt long term, but you want to see right. a quarterback. You want him to feel it a you little wanted bit. To, you, absolutely. Yeah. For that to be his first experience with the Steelers, and especially at Hinesville, you want to make sure that he remembers that. Yeah. He, he's going to be thinking about that. For sure. It, it's going to give him a little bit of nightmares. That's what you want ultimately. And honestly, we hadn't seen that from Joe Burrow this season. We haven't really seen a team get after him to the point where – he looked as if he was about to tap out of a game or not. That was that. That was the mood yesterday. I, I was a little bit surprised, especially in the fourth, that they kept sending him back out there after we kept seeing him get up slower and slower yeah, each time, man. Me too. Let's talk about that because I, I, I believe there's two trains of thought, mm-hmm. right? One is that obviously, okay, this game's done and dusted. There's no point. The only thing that can happen here is he can get injured. We don't need that for this year. We don't need that for our future. Let, let's let's keep him safe and, and live to fight another day, right? right? And then the other line of logic that I saw some people saying too, and, and Joe Burrow said this as well post game is, hey, those tough moments are kind of you got to cut your teeth in oh, those yeah. moments, particularly as a quarterback in the National Football League. Where did you come down on that? For me, I didn't have a problem with them staying out there. Yeah, I, I, didn't, always I didn't either. It. It just depends on your mentality. I mean, we saw two scenarios, one where it, where where they pulled a quarterback early. That was the Browns, and we said we felt they mm-hmm. pulled him. Could have been debatable right. too early. but And he, to be fair, too, he was dealing he with was some dealing, lingering right, rib going issues. Going into yeah. the games, very true. So I can see both sides of it, but at the same time, I w- I'd rather err on the side of having a tough quarterback who wants to be out there in Correct. those moments. I'm with you. Then, then, then the Jay Cutler type who wants to guess like that. He's looking to the side like, all right, y'all, y'all going to get me out of here? Yeah. Like, I don't want that type of guy because then I always have to question, is he going to quit on me? If it gets too thick in a playoff game down the line, what's his mentality going to be? I want to see you out there when it's gory, when we both know you don't have a chance to win. Let me see what your energy is like then. Let me see what your your preparation and your focus is like then. Can you still maintain the the, the proper mentality when it's a situation like that? So for me, I, I personally did not have an issue with it. Um, yeah, and like I said, man, if this is a reoccurring thing and he's constantly getting beat up and banged up, right. well, then sure, you pull him out. That's a little different. But, but this was literally the first game that season, and trust me, I went back and watched some of these tapes of him where he really was getting just banged up right. like that. And he like had he, two easy weeks because right. they had the bye week, and then and the then week before the he, didn't Titans, he didn't get hit against yeah, the yeah. Titans. Yeah, yeah so mean, he, we know he, what that he just looked really, really good. So for me, I'm not, I, I, I didn't have an issue with it, man. Yeah, I agree. I, everything you just said, I echo completely. It would be one thing if he was banged up a little bit injury-wise. If he came into the game banged up. Right. Mm-hmm. If he came into the game banged up and or you thought that maybe, you know, he sustained something during the game. Or even if it if there was a situation late where it was just the Steelers like snap after snap, right? It felt like the Steelers were hitting him. And don't get me wrong, the Steelers did a good job in the second half of creating some of that havoc that we talked about on Friday for Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. But at the same time, if you're Cincinnati, I don't think you ever felt like Oh he's my in good. harm's way. He's running for his life every yeah. single play. You know what I mean? Like, he was doing a pretty good job of getting rid of the ball quickly. Like, all those things. And I, I'm with you, too. I just don't think that that's a – again, unless he's truly injured in that regard, I just don't think that's a precedent you want to set. And Joe Burrow will be better for that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, no, like it, it's he going, it, Trust me, when, when people talk about building character, especially in football games, you don't build character right, in a blowout winning. win. Yeah. That's, that's the right. most easiest thing to do. That's – 
not how you, that's not how you build character. You build character, man, in these tough moments like this. Yes. And sometimes we know that your efforts are in vain in that particular situation. We knew in the second half him going out there, his effort was going to be in vain, but it's bigger than the scoreboard at that moment. It's when my guys are looking around and they want to see what type of leader you are, Joe, this is what they're going to get the opportunity to see. When they want to see, okay, man, you done got hit a couple times. Are you going to stay down there? And, and, and roll around, mope right. around, or you're going to get up. You're going to dust yourself off and walk off this field. So to me, as a former player, that's what I would be looking at because I've seen scenarios where you get the young quarterback sure. or the unproven guy, and he turns it down. He, he he takes the easy way out, the cop out, the, oh, man, you know what, it's too rough right now. We're getting beat anyways. Let me get out of here. So you're all laying it on the line, absolutely. he's so, over so on now, the sideline nice and Absolutely. So from there, it changes how you view that quarterback, and it changes sure. your overall belief in him. And from then on, anytime it's a tough situation, you already know he's going to cut tail. But in that scenario yesterday, that wasn't with Joe Burrow. And that's why I still – I think even though the game went how it went, I think still as a team and coaching staff, the Steelers have a lot more respect for Joe Burrow because of that, because of the toughness that he displayed, because he was still staring down the barrel, still making throws. And let's be real, he did do some things that were productive. I mean, him and T. Higgins, you can see the report that they're building. Him and Tyler Boyd, you can see them Definitely. having success Definitely. as well. You can, yeah. they are, they're going in the right direction. But this is what happens when you go up against a, a buzzsaw, a 9-0 team, man. They, they, it's a legit team as well. We're not a paper team. Like, this team is legit. We said they played inconsistent at times, but we said if they ever put it together, this is what they can do on a week-in and week-out basis. So when I think of Joe Burrow standing in there against that and knowing the game was how it was – Man, utmost respect to him. Tip your cap because yeah. that's going to pay dividends not only for him but for his team and coaching staff in the long run. I think so too. And you're right. I mean, for his offensive line, for his defense, when they see the quarterback laying it on the line there, you know, that's that trickles down from, from the top to the bottom for sure. And everybody uh, giving that effort, going through those tough moments, like you said, you don't build character when things are going well. Uh, you build character. You build when, front runners when things exactly. are going well, right? You build character when you're down 30 points in Pittsburgh and it's raining and it's cold and it's windy and it's miserable and T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward are coming after you. Absolutely. That's when you build character. Trust me, it's, it, you play this game long enough, you'll go through plenty of character-building moments, especially playing in Cincinnati. Me playing it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is what it is. For for me, I was going to say, for me, my, I can tell you about building character because in Buffalo early on, we, we had a lot of character building moments, man, where you're like, dude, we're down three scores it's in the fourth. And, yeah, I, I, I'm looking around like, all right, I'm not going to be the guy on tape turning it down. Right. Like, because that was my biggest fear. Like, man, what, what, are, always watching. what are my peers going to say? What are my brothers going to say if my energy changes when we're losing Versus when we're winning. What, what does that say Absolutely. about me as a player? What does that say about me as a man, as a professional? So that was always my thing. That was always my mindset. But trust me, man, Cincinnati, you're going to get your opportunity, baby. Build that character, baby. Build it up. But <laughs> it, it makes it right, though, when, when you do, when the pendulum does swing for you. Because eventually, like we said, it always does swing. Sometimes it takes 20 years. You know, in this situation, Steelers and Bengals, you know how that goes. But <laughs> <laughs> but just just keep waiting. Maybe it's going to be 25 years because, you know, Ben looked revitalized yesterday. So you might have to wait a couple more years. But then after that, when the table does turn the pendulum swings, then you'll be ready. That's right. You'll be ready for success. That's right. Midwest Mouse says uh, Joey B definitely earned his stripes yesterday. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. We got a whole bunch of tweets here. We'll get to some of those when we come back on the other side. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. On a Victory Monday, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Victory!
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, 9-0, still standing as the lone undefeated team in the National Football League. Feeling good on this Monday, having some fun. We got some tweets rolling in here. What do you, what do you say we get to get yeah. to some first-hour tweets? Might as well. Might as well, might as well. Uh, and we always love these tweets here. These are our favorite tweets to get. Adam tweets the show for the first time. Mm-hmm. Said, this is my first tweet. I created a Twitter account just to interact with the show. Man, we're uh, getting a couple of those right I know, now. I, like I love this. it. I like this. I love it. I uh, just wanted to say that if all these NFL teams want to keep stacking the box and let Big Ben beat them through the air, then I'm all for it. We'll keep James Conner fresh for December. Woo! You know what? We gotta, we're we going to get through these tweets here. All oh, right, yeah. This first oh, batch yeah. of tweets. And then we're going to talk about the run game. We okay. Will. We will. Because if we start talking about the run game now, it'll be we commercial break. The tweets. <laughs> it'll be commercial break before we get to any more tweets. Adam, good first tweet, buddy. Starting it off strong. I love it. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, joining the madness, hopping in on the fun mm-hmm. here on the Twitter.com. Um, Trenton says a couple things here. Uh, Big Ben would have a TD interception ratio of 20 to 1 if you take the Titans game out. Steelers are second in point differential as it stands right now. Uh, Only three behind Kansas City. Those are the only two teams in the NFL with a triple-digit point differential. And the Steelers' defense is on pace to be one sack behind their all-time regular season record as it stands right now. 64 sacks they're on pace for. They could do it. That's a lot. They could do it. They, they, people thought fifty something was a lot until they started doing that regularly, man. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this real. It's not like we haven't seen the Steelers team average around fifty to fifty-five sacks these, you know, past six, seven years now. So it's not too far fetched. I do far-fetched. think that they can do that, man, because they're playing in front. When you're playing in front, you're going to get ample opportunities. We talked about how the sacks they were able to acquire last year and how they were either tied or trailing in the majority of their games. It's yes. been drastically different this season. And that's why you, I mean, I think it can definitely happen. So we talked about a lot this offseason, right? Steelers led the league in uh, sacks last year, led the league in takeaways last year. How do they replicate that? How do they get even better? Well, that was what we pointed to, right, is they did that last year a lot of times either in a tie game or playing from behind. They didn't have a lot of the leads that they've had at times this season, particularly late in games when you can really just pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. Uh, Yeah, for sure. It's impressive what they've been able to sustain. You know, I like to think that this – uh, just streak of what we're going to have four straight years here of the Steelers leading the league in sacks. I mean, Arthur Motes, he was the one who brought the juju here, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and uh, he really, you know, got the train rolling in that regard. And, uh, you know, the boys, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, have, uh, have hopped on the moving train. If you, you love you know to know see right? it. You love to see it. Steel City Champs says, I need to know how you did with the picks this past weekend. Four and one, baby. Hey. And I tell you what, you know, the only, you know, that's how you bounce back from an 0 and 5 weekend. Uh-huh. Um, we're back above 500 now on Show Me the Money. So shout you're welcome. Out, shout out. Uh, you know, the only one that I lost this weekend was the three way parlay Packers won, check. Yeah, okay. Saints won, check. Yeah. Those friggin' Baltimore Ravens. But you know what? I'll take it. Mm. I'll take it. Thanks, New England. You know what? I'm not complaining. Yeah. 
because we still went four and one in the picks, and it's better for the Steelers. So if I had to lose one, at least it was the Ravens losing that caused it. I could dig it. I, you know, it's like in that game, man. I was like, I was a monsoon out there. Oh, and did you see too? Jeez. As soon as the game was over, right? Like they go, uh, yes, they yes, go to commercial yes. break. They go to commercial break, <laughs> yes. and then they come back for like final thoughts from uh-huh. Collinsworth and Al Michaels, and it stopped raining. It's perfect there, bro. Bill that, Belichick, that's how it always is. Bill Belichick <laughs> is like a wizard. I swear. But not like he's like a witch, but like a male witch. He's like the bad, a bad wizard. The the the, the wicked uh, was it the wicked witch from the west? Yeah. He's, he's the wicked witch from the north. You That's know what he is, was man. making all that all that. And then as soon as the game was over, my, man, the, my man was in the back doing the rain dance, like rain on me, rain on me, ah yeah yeah, rain on me. God, it's crazy, man. Uh, Thrash says that him and Thrash Metal Dad were a little worried actually until midway through the fourth quarter. I I wasn't I wasn't that worried. Even when they what made it a twelve to seven game, mm-hmm. I don't. They just weren't moving the ball on third down. And when you're not moving the ball on third down in the NFL, particularly against this Steelers defense, I, they might have been able to keep it closer a little bit longer. But it, I, I feel like it would have been fool's gold. Yeah, um, I never thought that the game was out of control. I never thought that it was close. Even when, like you said, it was that one score game and things like that. I still looked at it as. That was more so of the Steelers' offense not capitalizing on a couple of the short fills that they had early on in the game. And I just felt that I chalked that up to just them not practicing with Ben. Yeah. And that was more of the reason why the offense – I mean, you think at the first four possessions, two of them they was, scored, they but they, they really could have yeah. scored two more times, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of what I took away from it. So I, I, just, felt com- excuse me, I just felt confident that, man, they're going to be fine. That's going to heat up. And then we did see it heat up, and from there, you know – Business was taken care of. They started a little slow in the red zone, and, and yeah. you know, once they got into the Bengals' half of the field. But that is something that, you know, we've talked about this too. 2018, best team in the league statistically in the red zone. Last year, worst team in the league statistically in the red zone. They've gotten much more buttoned mm-hmm. up there. And, and this settles for some field goals early, and obviously you want to see them those end, you know, with, with seven instead of three. But like Moats said, uh, you're missing your quarterback at practice the whole week. And and two, I mean, it wasn't like it was in Cleveland. It wasn't like it was in New England. The weather also was was not fantastic in Pittsburgh. It, again, it wasn't quite as bad as it was in the Browns or in the Patriots games. I mean, it was games. super windy, though. You could but see it, it on tape. But I'm I mean, sure that took some going. time to get adjusted to as well, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and and again, I, I think that that should have been expected to to an extent. Again, I'm not saying you you want them to to definitely uh, you know score those instead of settling for field goals, but there's definitely some... Uh, some rhyme and some reason to that for sure. Rebecca, the lit one, lit, 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 lit. says, "Okay, when are we finally going to get some respect? What do we have to do? Beat the rat birds again? And have I told you lately how great it is to be a Steeler fan? Hey, it is great to be a Steeler fan. I tell you what, I mean, I'm enjoying myself. Mozi Mountaineers win Saturday in a blowout. Steelers win Sunday in a blowout." Manchester United didn't play, so that's a stress-free weekend. Baby. Hey, talk about it. <laughs> um. I think the Steelers have respect. I mean, right now, I think most people would have them as the second best team in the NFL, right? I still think most people would go Chiefs. And if you watched like NFL Network and ESPN this morning, most people were still going Chiefs. But I don't know. I mean, if they got you ranked, that I, I, I don't know. It's it's always so weird to put my pulse on the respect that the Steelers get nationally because I think some outlets and you know some whatever TV people, writers, radio hosts are always quick to give the Steelers respect. And then I think some are kind of the opposite way, you know, and they just do that because they know it. Like the Colin Cowherds of the world. He continues to to, to poke the bear with Steelers because he knows it drums yeah, up it the attention. Yeah, absolutely. Right. He said that the Steelers were going to be 7-9 and nine coming into the year, and he's going to just stick by that, that they're yeah. going to fall apart at some point because it gets the ratings, it gets the conversation going. 
I don't know. I, I do think the Steelers have respect. I don't know. It, it, it'll be very interesting to see when the playoffs start and the seating shakes out what people are predicting for, for Pittsburgh. That's when I'll really know how much respect this team's getting. Well, they got my respects. So I don't care. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's right. As long as Arthur Motes believes. I mean, That's what else, all that matters. What else do we need? 16 and 0. Let's go. Ernesto wants to know why Big Ben isn't in the MVP conversation considering his numbers and the team being undefeated. Uh, I think a couple of things. Um, obviously, you know, with the recency bias, yes, yesterday he looked phenomenal. But throughout the early part of the year, I mean, was he a lot better from touchdown to interception ratio? Without a doubt. But he wasn't as flashy in putting up the gaudy numbers like Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, even Kyle Murray of, of the past. Dude. You know, you know cool. even him. So you have to think, like, that's the biggest reason why he's not talked about from an MVP standpoint, just because those guys are doing it week in and week out, but staying at that crazy level where it's been. We saw, I mean, we know he's capable of that, but he hasn't been playing like that these, I mean, every game thus far. And I think that's just the biggest thing with it. I also think, too, fair or foul, because we all know how much Ben means to this team. But I think from a national perspective in that regard, too, a lot of people would say, okay, look at Ben's offense mm-hmm. compared to Russell Wilson's. Yep. Or, or look at Ben's defense, pardon me, compared to you know Seattle's defense or, yeah. the Green, or any of these other teams that you prop up. While Ben does get a lot of credit, deservedly so, they for feel like the Steelers', the Steelers team is defense is just as important. Right. Yeah. Like, I think from the national perspective, they think it's a two-headed monster for the Steelers to win games. It's Ben Roethlisberger leading the right. way on offense, and it's that defense shutting the door. Because Whereas it, people look at Russell Wilson yeah. and, and Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, and they say, well, they got to do it. Their well, defense and, isn't as good and, as Pittsburgh. And we've seen scenarios where Ben plays okay and they get the job done. Or even when Ben had the turnovers against the Titans, they still get the job done. Right. Whereas when Russell Wilson has played okay, not bad, just okay. They've gotten blown out. They've gotten blown out. When Aaron Rodgers has played okay, they've gotten beat. When Josh Allen has played okay, they've gotten blown they've gotten, out by the Bucs, yeah, the Packers did. Yeah, yeah so, so you go down the list of these different teams that – when their quarterback isn't playing up to par, it doesn't even look remotely close to being the same team. Whereas with the Steelers, Ben can play average. He doesn't have to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. No, he he can go out there and throw for – we saw him win a game throwing for 200 – was it 230 yards, I think it was? I thought 180-something. Oh, you're in, absolutely in, right, in 180. Of, yeah, yeah, games. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about that, that's the biggest reason – why he's not talked about in the MVP conversation. Now, comeback player of the year, I feel like, you know, he has a stronger uh, let's case. T- let's talk about this. But the problem is... They're going to give it to Alex Smith. Absolutely. Like, that, like uh, the Steelers, uh, I mean, this is a little unfair. Steelers beat the Browns. Ben had 162 pass yards. Steelers beat the Ravens. Ben had 182 That's what it was, yeah. pass yards. Um, they're going to give it to Alex Smith. I mean, but it, like, it they has just, to. They just are. My, my man almost lost his lead. I, I know I get that. Now, here's what I... You know what? And I... I like Adam Schefter, a lot of different big time people are saying it's it's Alex Smith's award. It's a foregone conclusion. He almost lost his leg. It, it had some potential life threatening complications. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with any of that. I do have a question for you though. Okay, go ahead. Where was that energy for Teddy Bridgewater? What do you mean? His wasn't quite as gruesome no, as no, Alex no. Smith, but they this, thought though. Teddy no, no, Bridgewater's no, no. leg might need to get amputated, too. But this is the problem, though. He didn't get that love. No, wait a minute. The difference was this: Teddy came back and signed and sat on the bench for a whole year somewhere. Alex Smith. Well, this was a year ago. That's this true. was just last that year. That is fair. If Alex Smith has signed to go to Washington and he said all this year and then the following year he comes back, absolutely. Keep that same energy. I'm with you on it. But because it was literally 
not even 12 months ago. Like, that's the part that's crazy. It's like, yo, you you went from devastating mm-hmm. injury, almost career ending, to almost life ending, to being back and actually starting the game. Two that's, games? Or no, is this, no, first, this, no, this is the first one he started. Right. Start. He, he came in. He's right, played in right. three games now. Right. He's coming twice, but this was his first start. That's so right. just to think about that, that's the reason why they're hyping it up so much. I, I looked at it, the equivalent of, I said, if Ryan Shazier would have come back, right? It would have been the exact same. He could have went out there and been the worst linebacker in the league when he came back. But just the sheer thought of him being able to return after what he endured, That's fair. we would all be saying the same thing. Like, it's not even a debate here, man. Like, this dude was, you know what I mean, the, the scenario where how it was, and this is what it equaled up to a, a year later. So that's what I think is the biggest difference with this whole thing. Jason says here, as far as MVP talk is concerned, Ben has always said it's not about the stats, it's about the Lombardis. Yeah, for sure. And that uh, I'm sure he feels that way. He just wants to keep winning. Um, you know what, though, Motes, is one of my uh, – you know what one of my favorite lines was, if you want to go with you know a Pittsburgh guy talking uh-huh. about MVPs. Have you ever heard the Mario Lemieux MVP line? No, no. And I want to think – I want to make sure I get the year right. I feel like it was 89. Okay. Okay. Um, like Lemieux just so obviously should have won MVP, but they gave it to Gretzky instead. Mm. All right, of course, you know. I mean, no surprise there, right? Like, like Lemieux was carrying the Penguins to a playoff yeah. berth, while Gretzky had like Mark Messier and Paul Coffey and all these other uh-huh. all these other future Hall of Famers on his team. After you know the season was over, you know after the award was given, Mario Lemieux was asked about it, and he said, "I only care about Stanley Cups and scoring titles." Because you know why? Those are the only two things you can win that nobody votes on. Ooh. <laughs> and so I think Ben would. And he does think, have a point, though. I think Ben he would agree. Does he does He said, I care about winning the score because he won the scoring title that year. Okay. He said, I care about winning the scoring title and I care about winning the Stanley Cup. You know why? Because nobody votes on those things. You just win them. He, he does have a point there. <laughs> and that's, that's you, always you, been one of my favorite When it lines. comes to the voting, you never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> this is Jake. <laughs> Uh, we got a bunch more tweets rolling in here. We will get to them. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And we're going to talk about the run game on the other side. That's a tease right there, Arthur. Oh, Mills. baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. Having some fun on a victory Monday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, I think we got something wrong in the last segment. Oh, what did we get wrong? D-Dog and Antonio both tweet us and say, and they both tweeted the same thing, so I think they must be right. Alex Smith injury was November 18th, 2018. So he did okay. have a year off. Fair enough. Ooh. I get what you're saying, though. Like, it still was different, man. His year away, I guess his year away was the year where he almost died, where he was still rehabbing. Right. Whereas right. Teddy Bridgewater had came back for a full season. He and was, was just like rehabbing yeah. on the team. No, no, no. Like, he was their backup. Right. He, right. he just wasn't out there, but he was still like healthy and good to go. He just wasn't out there. And that was, that was, was with the Saints? Was that with the Saints or no? 
Yeah, because he was at the Saints for two years, I thought, right? Or was he one year? Was it one year or two years? That's the question. Because I think the Vikings might have held on to him for one more year before. Right, because they... I remember it was a t- it, it was definitely back before he yeah. got the opportunity. I yeah. do remember that. So, hypothetical, and I know you don't like to do hypothetical. Come on, man. I love hypotheticals with you. You know that. <laughs> if Alex Smith doesn't play, doesn't st- – I mean, he's going – I don't know. If he starts the rest of the season, he's going to win the award. I mean – Is one start – uh, like, yeah, I, I mean you're right. You're right. It is. It is because I mean, again, well, this is not a, like this is like what we talk about with the Mary Lemieux line, right? right? Like people are going to vote on the good story. And yes, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger undefeated after major elbow surgery is a good, it's story, a good story, but it's not as like this guy had to almost have his leg amputated Bro, th- and could have died. Listen, how many times did we see ESPN show the the his wife crying when he gets hurt, then the hospital thing, and then the conversation. His leg of, that looks like a of the pictures of the leg. Looks right. like an anaconda that's snake. What that's like, what his leg looked look so, like so, a jumbo so, worm. So trust me, as much <laughs> as we and this is where our bias shows because we're in Pittsburgh. If we're outside of Pittsburgh and we're comparing storylines and comparing significance, we're not even having this conversation. But it's because of our direct, you know, impact, our horse in this and, race. And and I think rightfully so. We feel like Ben doesn't get the national respect that he deserves. He definitely does And that plays into how much we yeah. back him up in these type of things. Absolutely. I think we've said this before. Nationally, Ben doesn't get the respect he deserves. Locally, he does. Yeah. And it's reversed with uh, with uh, Coach T. Nationally, Coach T is love. That's, that's, Locally, that's people hate Coach T. So <laughs> it, it, it's one of those scenarios is, where, there man. There is a funny dynamic there. It, it is, right. but that is definitely how it is, man. It definitely is how, how it goes, man. Uh, so I think that's another yeah. reason, but. It's just hard oh, right. to, to give him that award knowing that this dude and everything he had. Like, if this is last year, I think he wins with no problem. I mean, you saw they gave it to Tannehill from just going from being a terrible quarterback to a, a, a good quarterback. And I think that's what's peeving a lot of right. Steelers in this Absolutely. regard. Like, because a lot of Steelers that's typically, fans in this regard. It, that wasn't the case typically for these awards. Typically, you had to come back from injury. Whereas now, as we saw last year, like you said, it wasn't even injury-related. It was just you went from being a terrible player to a, a good player. Yeah. Win the award. Yeah. No, you're right. You are. You're correct. I mean, you know, I don't like it when you're right, Arthur Motes. Trust me, I don't like when I'm right either. <laughs> uh, Jared tweets here, Teddy Two Gloves was with the Jets before the Saints. That's, That's right. Well, he, okay. was with, he was with I was the like, Jets I knew for he a went year. somewhere, man. Where all quarterbacks go to die. And you know what? That's even more impressive that Teddy's made it out now that we're thinking about it. <laughs> you can survive that. You can survive anything. If you can survive that. You can survive anything. <laughs> Cuban Dan says MVP. Don't. Shout out to Cuban Dan! MVP. Don't want it. Perfect season. Don't care. Top tier stats. Don't need them. Confetti in that seventh Lombardi, we're taking it. Mm-hmm. Steelers like versus the world. I like it, I Cuban like Dan. It. You are absolutely correct. Um, all right, so who was it that it was our it was our buddy who just made the Twitter account? Hold on, I want to find this because I want to want to shout out one more time, Adam. Adam, who was asking about the run game. We've had a couple more questions about the run game. Arthur Moch, you know what time it is? Oh, it's time to break out the patented Uh-oh. electric factory. Oh, Euler Remote Steelers Blitz. Hey now, C C W P meter. Mm-hmm. Arthur Moats, when it comes to the Steelers run game, or over the last few weeks, lack thereof mm-hmm. on offense, are you calm, concerned, worried, or panicked? I am worried, baby. I am worried. Oh, so worried. Yes. Yes, I am. But I'm not panicking, though, if that's any consolation. I, I'm, I'm very worried, though. I Yeah. I'm, I think I'm worried, too. I'm, I'm somewhere between concerned and worried. Uh, because I, I think the Steelers can win almost every game they play playing this way. Mm-hmm. I just worry about some of the teams that they could run up against in the playoffs mm-hmm. and in the, in, in, the, in the AFC playoffs and in the Super Bowl where mm-hmm. 
You're not going to be able to just... <clears throat> Kansas City, <clears throat> where you don't want to just be trading possessions uh-huh. and punting as often as they've been punting. And I realize you could talk about the short passing game. You could talk about a lot of these other things. That's great until it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, I know we can be very guilty of this, particularly as Steelers fans, um, because, man, we just have such a history of great running backs and great run games, outstanding Hall of Fame offensive linemen, outstanding Hall of Fame running backs from the 70s until now. But, Motes, you have to be able to control the clock. You have to be able to switch it up. Uh, and, and what's maybe, and I don't know, you could tell me if I'm wrong here, and maybe it was just the game plan, and, and it's what Cincinnati was giving the Steelers. I get it. They were packing the box. But in a game where they led from start to finish, it was like they didn't even really care. Like they didn't even want to be troubled to try and run the ball. And in the brief moment where it really looked like they wanted to, right at the end of the second half, they bring in Zach Gentry, they bring in Derek Watt, still nothing. That to me, again, I'm, I'm not panicking, but that I'm also not going to be naive enough to say that that couldn't cost you at some point against a really good team. Yeah, um, a couple of things I noticed that was uh, promising and frustrating at the same time. They still can be very effective running the ball when they utilize pre-snap shifts, motions, and misdirections. We saw two runs that I wanted to highlight, and they happened on pretty much back-to-back plays. Number one, Chase Claypool, he got the uh, he had the reverse, right? He lined up on the right side, I think it was out of a bunch set, gets the ball, reverses it around field. Ben is about to block for him, and Ben stops. Yeah, we ends up getting the first down, right? It was like a 10-yard <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. Then we come back the next play, similar jet motion or similar uh, ghost bubble motion by Claypool, but we, ran, we handed off on the dive mm-hmm. to James Conner. You see the safety flash up the field because he's, seen, he's influenced by the ghost motion Leaves a void. James has the easiest and longest run of the night by himself. Just right. It was like a 20-yard game. Nobody touched him. It was like the Red Sea. Yeah. So, for me, that showed me once again what what, what we've been talking about in our theory in terms of when they've utilized pre-snap shifts and motions, when they've utilized some of the ghost motions and jet sweep motion. And different jet sweep is when you're going – from right to left, running full speed, right? And that's where you give Chase Claypool the ball, typically down by the red zone, right, on those reverses. That's the jet sweep. The bubble sweep or the ghost motion is when he'll come down but then arc around where the running back is. So it's a a lot deeper of a bubble motion or of a motion. So when they do those type of things, it makes the defense – take its edge off it makes the secondary see a lot more and sometimes on defense Mm. if you're seeing too much that's a bad thing but that's what you can do you can influence that that was the encouraging part the discouraging part was they went away from it when they when when they really wanted to start running the ball again and that later in the uh like you said in the second half instead of them going back to the misdirection and and the influencing of uh of the secondary with some of this motion they tried to go back to big body personnel. Let me bring Derek Watt out here and just try to manhandle you off the line of scrimmage. The Steelers' offensive line at this stage in their career is not built to blow you off the line of scrimmage. They're built to pass protect. Yes, and they're built to keep Ben clean. Re- realistically, pass protect, and they're not a zone blocking team, but they probably should go more zone blocking scheme because they do not get a lot of penetration. When you're looking at these run plays, people have talked about some of the, uh, oh, man, this team is better if they pull guys. They tried to pull guys last night. It didn't it work did not because work. not yeah. only front side where they, uh, I mean, not only do they not get any, uh, it, were they not getting any ground in terms of you know the snap getting a yard or two, mm-hmm. but at the point, yeah, to the play side they were getting banged up. 
if you're getting beat on the front side of these runs, it doesn't matter if a puller is coming. I saw m multiple instances where the pullers, whether it was the the whether it was Filer pulling or DeCastro pulling, they're getting picked off before they even get a chance to block someone because the penetration is so deep on the front side. Those things, this offense is not built for that anymore. So you have to go to that misdirection stuff. And then not only would they get complacent when they were trying to run the ball, like when they tried to really take a, a and make it an effort to run the ball in the second half, not only did they line up and just try to do something that they're not built for, but then when they wanted to do some of the misdirection stuff, they were predictable. They, they didn't even try to dress that up. It was, all right, we're going to get this big body personnel group, 12, 13 personnel. We're going to put Claypool on the right side like we've done 10 times this season, and we're going to run this jet sweep. This is the NFL. I mean, at this level, bro, once you put that on tape multiple times, antennas go off. Anytime if I'm on defense and I see Chase and, and Derek Watt both condensed to the edge of the line of scrimmage like that one-on-one -on -one side, I already know, okay, it's got to be a reverse. Right. They're not giving it to Derek Watt. And if they do give it to Derek Watt, he can't hurt me on the edge. So I'm not worried about that. The only person that could hurt me right here is Claypool getting his jet sweep. And you saw the Bengals react mm -hmm. to it accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's the NFL. You're not going to be able to run the same things over and over without window dressing it. And that was, it. to me, that looked a little lazy on the Steelers' part that they wanted window dressed that a little bit better. Have him motion to that have him start out wide and condense down to that and now it's a totally different look but right now when you just come out and blatantly line up like that I mean I feel like everyone should have known that hey man they're gonna give him the ball this is how they're trying to right. run it right now right so the the two things that you got to do misdirection the different sweeps and motion some of the different shifts as well anything to make the defense have to communicate Anything to make them see a little bit more. Anything to just take them from being at a level 10 to just a level 8. That's it. Because that's the difference. It's not It's not like, oh, man, these guys can't gain a yard. They can gain a yard. But you have to do it this way. That's all. And yeah. sometimes you have to adjust to that during season. I'm sure going into the season they felt that, man, we could do the power running like we did with Le'Veon where our O-line is going to block, block, block for four or five seconds, constantly gain ground, and we're going to make it work out. Those days are, are are behind us right now. You know, we're, we're further away from that and more, like I said, to the more speed position block finesse style with it. Mm -hmm. So at this point in the season, you have to adjust that. You have to say, man, at, at nine weeks or ten weeks in now, we are who we are. We, we're not going to – sample size is Right, we're, we're not going to just wake up tomorrow and say we're going to blow this team off the ball right. with, with our just power running game. We, that's not us and anymore. If you, I mean, if you are, you're kidding yourself. Right, right. What's so, the definition of insanity? A, 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 no question. You keep trying to do that same thing over and over again, baby. And expect different results? So so that's why, to me, I feel like you have to do some of those things to, to make the running game better. But the offense also has been using the quick passing game a la New England with Brady, what they would do. The difference is Brady and them would still – be committed to the run. They would still yes. give you that element. They would just use both of those together, whereas the Steelers right use now— like 37 running backs right. while they were doing it. No question, <laughs> but they, they're going to find a way. At the end of the day, you're going to be like, man, they still got you know 100 yards on the ground. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how, but they did it. Yeah. You know, Everybody has 20-yard rushing. 20 right. He got 20 yards, 20 yards, 20 this yards. This guy got 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but right now with the Steelers, they're not even keeping it where you have to play it honestly right now. They they are super one-dimensional. And like yeah. you said, versus a team like the Bengals, you get away with it. Versus the rest of these teams on the schedule, I mean, outside of maybe Buffalo and the Colts and the Ravens, you should be able to get away with that. But eventually it will catch up. Eventually you will play a team that can outscore you, that can score a lot, and that you don't want to just keep giving the ball back to. And that's where you're going to need to lean on that running game before you know it, it becomes worse than what it is. So you want to get it fixed sooner than later.
Yeah. And, and that's the thing. We, we, we criticize it because we want it. We know how good it can be and we know how important it will be down the line. But that doesn't take away from being able to beat these type of teams. But you got to remember, the Bengals aren't the teams you're competing with for a Super Bowl. Right. If, if we're just trying to beat the Bengals, that's one thing. But if we're trying to really have that confetti, that confetti, this we're going to have to get that part of the game fixed. I, I think that's very well said. Uh, Shane points out here on Twitter, too, about missing Vance McDonald during the run game. I think you definitely saw that yesterday um, for sure. And then where was the – yeah, Ryan here kind of echoed what you were saying a little bit. Um, concern about the blocking and, and, and some of the running. Uh, more worried about some of the run play calling. Connor has always seemed like a north-south runner, but we keep trying to do these wide sweeps where he can't get going. They are, to their credit, right, they're trying different things. They are. I think that's encouraging. They are. They definitely are. I just feel like they're trying different things, but they already have the answer. They just need to understand that and, and use it as a point of emphasis right now it's almost as if they feel that, man, well, because we had success doing it that way early on, we can't go back to that. And I personally think you can because with the window dressing I'm referring to, you were moving Al Villanueva and shifting him pre-snap from being an extra O-lineman and an unbalanced offensive line set to just shifting back to your regular formation. You can do that again, but now instead of using Al, you use Chooks. You can do that again. Okay, have – this uh, have have the formation shift from being a condensed t- uh, tight two by two right. to expand into to being a three by one or things like that. Like there are different ways to window dress, and a lot of times you could just move one or two different people and make it look totally different. It doesn't have to be oh we got to create a whole new design to get the thing done. No, it's no different when you're playing defense and you're talking about cover three. Man, we can make cover three look thirty different ways using three different people. Right, like that. That's what we're trying to do here on offense and it doesn't take much but you do have to understand it and say that this is what we're going to do because you have to commit to it you can't do it once and then oh all right i'm gonna go back to my normal because that defeats the purpose it works when you keep giving them different looks because you have to keep saying okay it's not just this it could be that that or that right now when you go out here and okay we'll do one shift this week all right how many times as a defense do I got to see you shift that one time and know that, okay. Here it's coming. Now now I got it. Yep. You got me on the first one? Yep. I got you from here on out now. It, it's not that hard at this level to make those type of adjustments. But you, like I said, from a, a coaching staff standpoint, and that's where we do talk about coaching staff and play calling, that element you do have to get fixed, and that's on Canada and, and file, I mean, in uh, Fiekner. That's on those two guys to, to, to come up with that. And like I said, it's not that complicated. You should be able to do that. I think so. I think so. A uh, bunch of tweets here about the run game. Uh, Jab echoing some of the thoughts about the difference between having Gentry out there as opposed to McDonald having a hat. Uh, Chris saying, I definitely want to see us get better and improved in the run game. Ben and his elbow not getting any younger. Absolutely. And you know how that gets when you get into January football, baby, and the weather gets cold and the wind is blowing. you got to be able to pound the rock. Uh, Ryan, though, says, not as concerned with the run game. I think right now teams are just daring Ben to beat them, keying on shutting down the run game. Steelers and Ben taking advantage of this. We have seen that the last couple weeks. I I don't know if I would say that about the whole season – so uh, or the season as a whole, but I do think that's a fair observation the last couple weeks, Ryan. And, oh gosh, this one from James. 
James James goes, I mean, and he, this is with the sarcasm font here, folks. Okay, uh, why should why should Ben suffer because Alex Smith doesn't have better pocket presence? And then he goes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's that's a pretty good. Right, that's a good joke there, James. That's a good joke. I, again, we pick it up on the sarcasm font. Uh, and then Mark says, we're living in a worldwide pandemic, and the Steelers are nine and zero. I'm like David after the dentist. Is this real life? <laughs> I one. like it. I like it. Good one there from Mark. Uh, we got a bunch more tweets here. Greg, Russell, uh, who else? Uh, a bunch more tweets rolling in here. Greg, Russell, uh, Steelers Outpost, all tweeting those. We'll get to those in the second hour. Keep those tweets rolling in. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. On the other side here, it's time to go in a classroom a little bit on a Monday. Professor Motes tells you everything you got to know about Steelers, Bengals, Yesterday, We'll do that when we return to start the second hour of the show inside the Electric Factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we feeling? Undefeated. You and me both. Never lost. (laughs) Having some fun here on a Victory Monday on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. If you want to join in on the conversation, but now, knuckleheads, it's time to get out your pen and paper, get out your notebooks, get out your iPads, your laptops, whatever generation you're from, however you take your notes, Get ready because, I mean, Professor Motes, he's always laying it down, but we love it even more on a Victory Monday. It's time to go into the classroom with Professor Motes. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, class is officially in session. And as we do every single week, you know it's a simple concept. We always got five points, so I hope you've worked on your English, oh, your no. Spanish, your French, and your German. Oh, no. So I wanted to be an athletics major, so I wouldn't have to learn foreign language. So here we go. Can I get a number one? Uno. Can I get a number one? Eins. Can I get a number one? Ugh. There we go. All right. Experience over potential and this is as it pertains to our quarterbacks man because we saw big ben who is the experienced wily vet the the guy who's old enough to be your daddy and my daddy and his daddy's daddy as well versus the potential of joe burrow we know joe burrow has, has a ton of potential he's a really good player will be a really good player down the line but as it stands today you see the difference you see the difference between a guy and Big Ben, who was able to not only avoid pressure, but sometimes know when to step up and make some very timely throws, whereas Joe Burrow, he struggled a little bit with that once the, the environment got hostile. But that's the difference between having the experience to handle it versus the potential mm. to handle it. Now, like I said, in due time, Burrow will hopefully get that experience and be a really good quarterback. But as it stands today, still got a little bit of learning to do, baby. He mm-hmm. does. Hey, he's just, you know, he's just a freshman on campus. Well, here. you know, you know that Joe Burrows. He's all right. I, yeah, I like that kid. He's got potential, but he's got to hit the library. He's got to yeah. hit the weight room, you know. And, and, and if he, he works some, hard, he's he got potential. He needs some more of those premanies. He gets some more of those premanies. He'd be good. Yeah, he, he can. He can be a, a, a solid student by the time he's an upperclassman mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, let me hear you say two, dose two, zwei, two, 
twee. Yeah, it is. That's Dutch. Oh, oh you like that? I like it. Okay, man. Sauce it up a little bit then, baby. Because we're going to sauce it up right here when we talk about some positive contributors. And more importantly, I'm talking about special teams. Oh, yeah. Now, a week ago, we criticized special teams. We talked about how we did. They, they, were, they were not varsity. You know, they were not varsity. They allowed a lot of... um penetration as it pertains to the field goal situation man we also saw that impact the decision making late in the game with the offense in terms of going forward on fourth down versus kicking the field goal we also saw that the special teams unit allowed a big return last week this week they were the ones making the big time plays they were the ones forcing the turnover shout out to oled daney they were the ones providing the splash return shout out to ray ray mcleod mm-hmm. as a whole the special teams unit looked really good and i am glad that the Bengals ran that fake punt for two reasons Number one, you showed your hand. I mean, it's something that you probably wanted to use when it mattered, and you wasted that on tape in the game that you already down three scores. That's the first thing. But number two, Benny Snell is going to teach him something. It's going to teach him that when you're the end man on the punt protection team, right? I mean, on the punt block team, when you're the end man, you always have to operate as if you were playing defense and you're the force defender. You have to get the ball back to the Calvary. It's something that a lot of offense players don't realize until you have a fake ran on you. It happens to everyone. You all will go through it. But once it happens, now you grow from it. Man, we had a time where Darius Hayward Bay, at the time, he was still not really familiar with how defense worked because he's an offensive guy. But we would use him on special teams like that. He had to play a fake point, get outside of him. And after he learned that, it never happened again. So I fully anticipate that being the case with Benny Snell. I dig it. Can I, I get a it. number three? Trace. Three. Trois. Three. Colm. That's Finnish. Ooh. Although I didn't say it in a Finnish accent. But All right. That's okay. Finnish. I like, I like what you're doing today, baby. I'm peeping I'm peep what you put down. The new era, Young Money. And I'm talking about these Steelers Ooh. wide receivers. Oh, my goodness. You pick who you want to be the number one receiver. Is it Deontay? Is it Juju? Is it Claypool? I'm still upset my man James Watson ain't getting more action because he looks good with the ball, man. These receivers are just filthy, bro. They are. It is crazy. And we talked about some of the receivers they've played against. And, and, and we was like, man, that group is a really good group. That group is a really good group. Man, this group right here, though, they are showing that they mean business. We we talked about A.J. Green, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and rightfully so. But this group, they outplayed them, and it wasn't even close, baby. It wasn't even close. I love it. I'm loving what I'm seeing from these, mm. not even trio, this, this, this quartet of productivity that we're getting from these receivers, man. All young, all hungry, and all of them have big play capability, man. This is a beautiful thing to witness right now, man. I'm digging it. It's a lot of fun. Yes, in. Now are you ready for number four? Because I know I this, so. way, this way gets a little iffy for you. Can, can I get number four? Quattro. Can I get number four? Fear. Can I get number four? Cater. All right. That's what, Albanian. I was going to say, what language is that? Do That's you have like a, a cheat sheet in front of you? I don't know. I, really, I don't have a laptop no! with Google in front of me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know that I do all the research. I stay up all That's night. Nobody's got more notes than me. All right? I show a little respect. You're right. You're process. right. My bad. My bad. It's an open note test today, guys. Open note <laughs> test. All right. Virtual learning. <laughs> But the fourth point is this, man. Splash, splash, splash. Who doesn't love a little splash? I mean, when you go to the pool, you like the splash, right? The kids love splash. Everybody loves splash. I even like when I dip my shrimp into the belted butter and it splashes. I'm like, oh, yeah, splash, splash, splash. But, man, I got to talk about the splash that we're seeing in all three phases. 
offense, defense, special teams. I mean, yesterday, all three phases provided splash. Mm -hmm. We saw defensively, Cam Sutton providing some splash. We saw special teams. We talked about Oled Danny providing splash. Then offensively, man, you pick your poison, which splash you wanted. For me, I'm going to go with the Deontay Johnson on the sideline, on the left sideline, the nice bomb of a pass, mm -hmm. because that was splash. But, man, splash is always better, man. When you get a chance to make splash, you want to make splashes, okay? Next time it rains outside, kids, go jump in the puddle. <laughs> go jump in the puddle. Put your, put your rain boots on and two jump feet. In the puddle because the splash is going to make it better, baby. And that's what we're seeing, and that's why as a whole – this team is looking so good right now. I mean, when you're able to provide splash, that makes things better. That gets you out of stadiums. That will, that that helps you minimize the negativity. We talk about the running game not being up to par. When you're able to provide splash, though, and all these other elements of the game, you can get away with not having a running game like that. Splash can help you make up a lot of, you know, just shortcomings, and that's yeah. what we're seeing right now with this team. Gotta, gotta love the splash. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. Can I hear it? Cinco. Can I hear a five? Fumph. Can I hear a five? Net. There we go. What language was that? Macedonian. Macedonian. I like How about it. that? We're club trying today, man. I like it. Well, in Macedonia, I'm sure they're familiar with this as well, man. Having elite passing games, but, you know, having running games that, that do need to catch up. And I felt like it was important that we're critical of it now in week 10 because our eyes are on something big. If our eyes are just on beating the Bengals, if our eyes are just on beating the Cowboys, mm. then we're not worried about the running game. We're going to sit here and sing the praises of our passing game. But in order for us to win the games we need to win down the line, the running game has to catch up. The passing game is showing it's elite. It's showing that it can give you splash. It's showing that it can give you downfield penalties. Mm -hmm. It's showing that we can operate with the quick passing game to, you know, sub, sub, substitute for the lack of running game. We're seeing all those things. But at the end of the day, baby, the running game has to catch up. It has to be yeah. somewhat, you know, I guess formidable in any way, shape, or form. It's got to be a threat. I mean, at least with the Cowboys last week, the Cowboys running game isn't great, especially now that Dak is gone. But they even still found ways to, to make it respectable. Make it respectable. I'm not asking for, you know, James to go out here and be a 100-yard rusher every week or even Benny Snow to be that. But if James can give me 50 Snell give me 50 or 40 or 30, and, we, and Chase gives me another 10. It's things like that that can make the running game a lot more realistic, a lot more of a threat, or at least be effective. It doesn't have to be the best, but I need it to be more effective because yeah. right now it's not very effective. We are very, very one-dimensional. So that's why I had to end it like that, baby. But a win is a win. A victory is a victory. They don't ask how, they ask how many. Hey. And right now we're sitting at nine of them things to zero of them stanky things. All right, so class is officially over. All right, thanks, Professor. And like I said, don't be late to your next class because I don't write excuse notes, baby. We'll, mm -mm. See, we'll see you on Friday, Professor. That's the only way to do it. Get ready for them Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, more tweets rolling in. You know, I tell you what, folks, Mondays and Fridays, we you guys bring the tweets here. On the Twitter.com. Some good questions that we got to get to. Uh, get those tweets in. At West Steeler. At the Body 52. The Body. We will get to some of your reaction on the other side. He's Arthur Motes, the professor. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
Ah, Arthur Motes. You know, I'm looking at the Twitter.com here to get to our oh, tweets. And what do you see, my friend? Breaking news. <gasps> that has absolutely nothing to do with this show or football. Well, that's good. Uh, but Chris Paul just got traded to the Phoenix Suns. Holy cow. <laughs> CP3 and Devin Booker? It's, uh, I it's, like it. Isn't, the NBA draft is this week, correct? Yes, yeah, because they moved everything. So there's draft is this week, and their season starts December 22nd, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like super condensed. I mean, they literally start yeah in a month. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. It's crazy. That is a. It's a. It's going to be a weird uh, schedule here, sports wise. The circadian rhythm of sports schedules for 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 another year or two, uh, for sure. But yeah, you know, I saw that shiny object. Just had to mention that real well, quickly. Well, I'm glad. Obviously. I'm glad because you know, anytime I get a chance to talk basketball, it's always going to touch me. Because <laughs> man, CP3 is a phenomenal player. Man, we know what type of dude he is, and he's part of the Banana Boat Crew. Banana Boat Crew, including my man Bron, Bron, D Wade, and Melo, baby. So anytime a Banana Boat <laughs> makes it to the headlines, man, I'm always going to be a pole. I'm always going to be on board of shouting said individuals out. Arthur Mudd's trying to get on the Banana Boat. Never know. I might create my own Banana Boat. Uh, sneaker goat. Our buddy tweets us here and says, uh, I love the game. I love the win. It's nice to see the Steelers play another complete game, but I would still like to see Ben throw the ball away or check it down more. Let's protect that elderly elbow for longevity. I will say, though, you know what, Motsi? His, while the accuracy hasn't been there, the strength on his deep balls, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know what? He's, he's throwing at 50-plus air yards, and so I'm – uh, you know, with some of those concerns that I had about the elbow strength, uh, not nearly as much as they were coming into this season, for sure. I just laugh when um, we're talking about Ben and the negative element of his game is the deep ball accuracy. Typically, if we were talking about any other quarterback, that would be our, well, he got the stats, but our guy's better on the deep ball. Now that Ben is not as accurate, now we're like, well, you know, his arm looks good, though. He's got the strength. He's he's, he's overthrowing it. I mean, we criticized Josh Allen for that for the first two years of his career because he got a great, great arm strength, great arm strength. He ain't accurate, though. So now that's what we're doing. I'm not going down that. All right, I'm just throwing it out. There. I'm not going down that route. We we can say that Ben's playing well and he's going to the accuracy will catch up. Sure, but we're not about to start doing that. Oh man, hey man, hey, he's looking good on overthrows though. That's a, that's a good overthrow. Woo, yeah. Uh, nah. <laughs> Chris wants to know what you think about uh, the call, the penalty that's being called uh, more often on defenders for lowering I their head it. to initiate contact. I absolutely contact. hate it because you're seeing in every scenario that they throw that flag, the runner, the person with the ball is initiating the home. Like, seriously, how do you not see that, Mr. Ref? It blew my mind, and it almost seemed as if it was a point of emphasis yesterday because I saw that call called multiple times, and I'm like, bro, are you serious? The guy with the ball is lowering his head. As a defender, how am I going to protect myself if the guy with the ball is lowering his head? Make that make sense for me, please, because it makes zero sense. I absolutely hate that rule. With a pass, you thought you thought pass interference would tickle me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, passing interference being a spot foul, that that rubs me the wrong way sometimes. But this right here, I absolutely despise because I knew it was an offensive guy that came up with this. And they tried to lie and say, well, you know, we're trying to protect the defender from lowering his head or hurting himself. No, you're not. You're tired of seeing these running backs and these receivers get blasted, so you're going to allow them to put their head down and get the extra yards, and it's just fine. Stop it, man. If you're going to call that, call it both ways. But they will never do that because then it'll take away pretty much any long run that you see by a guy, whether he's getting the ball as a running back or if it's yards at the con- or yards at the catch because they are the main ones on their heads. Man, I oh, I hate that rule, bro. Forgive me. For- Let me get off my soapbox now, but I hate that rule. I, hate- I can't stand it. Not to be critical. Mm. I knew that, that. I mean, that was like uh, 
Mm-hmm. That was like raw meat to a lion right mm-hmm. there. I knew that. I knew that one was coming. I, I, man, listen, Chris, I appreciate the alley oop on the you Twitter. Don't understand. You understand? My blood is boiling behind <laughs> that. It makes me hot. Oh my! I'm like hot, hot right now, bro. <laughs> I can't stand that rule. Oh my! Like it really irks me, man. Like who came up with that? This nonsense. And you know it's not. You watch it. They'll show it in slow motion. They're like, look at the defender it's right here. It's horrible. The defender's on his head. It's like, no. Look at the guy on offense on his head two steps before the defender lowered his head, man. You know what's horrible about it, too? In college, they kick the defenders yes! out for that in college yes! football. I'm like, how you going to kick the how guy out kick- when the guy on offense is the one that the guy, College kid's playing for free. He's playing for his future. How are you going to throw him out of the game it's, for that? It's absolutely nuts, man. I, like I said, I despise that rule. If I listen, yeah, me too. Now, often, you're, now you're now you got my grits all cooked listen, here. It's, it's not often that I would like to have an aggressive negotiation, or aggressive, aggressive discussion negotiation. with said rule maker. But that right there, that and, and, and how they do the fine the, the, from a money standpoint, those are the two situations where I would just love to have an aggressive conversation with an individual. That you know what I mean? Because it, it just it, it yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. And and and, and it, it actually goes with this. We talk about the fine because the fine is going to be something stupid like. $15,373.84. You're like, bro, why are you charging me 84 well, cents on this fund? Maximum allowed under the CBA. I'm like, if you don't round this up and make it a, a, a clear 1700 1500 14 I don't want this $17,873.10. And, and like, stop that. Like, can, this is stupid. Can I guess something about you personality-wise? <sighs> When you fill up uh, your gas tank, mm-hmm. are you like like it's gotta be like you you know it's gotta be like uh, I don't know like thirty dollars and fifty cents oh, or it's gotta be about... like thirty dollars like oh, it can't no, be no. it can't be twenty seven forty seven when you fill up gas like no, it's gotta me, be an exact no, no, for number. me I, I and this is honestly because I'm older now my situation financially is a little different. <laughs> I just go till it stops. He's saying he lives in a big house <laughs> on a nice side of town. I, I, that, I, I just I let it pump till it stops. But I do. I am familiar with what you're speaking of. And early on, because that's how I was taught. Like my folks always taught me, like it's supposed to stop on a zero. Right. Or I, I never knew. Like I never thought of and it that way. And you were probably me too. Like but you I probably was used to still though. have to go in and pay cash. Yeah, you, like, yeah. That, I remember, like when I first yeah. got my car when I was a senior in high school. Like I'd actually have to go into the gas station. Yeah, let me get like, five dollars on me, pump give me three. 10, ten bucks yeah. on pump ten. Yeah. You gotta make sure, like, otherwise right. you owe it. You're like, hey, I, I can't owe you yeah. money, man. Yeah. Or they have like the automatic ones, right? Where you're like, yeah. you get to like nine dollars and forty cents, and you're trying to like, and it starts slowing down, uh-huh. and then you gotta stand there and get and every like, last drop of the ten dollars. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, the good old days. You know, back Ooh. when the Stellars used to run the football. The good right, old days. right, right. When they had fullbacks and, and, and fahu mau fahus and all that other stuff, man. All right, we got to take a break here, get our schedule, get our clock back on schedule here. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap with your tweets to close out the show as we always do. We got a bunch more to get to here. So, last chance, uh, knuckleheads, or forever hold your peace for the next 46 hours because you already know no show on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin Tuesday. So, tweet now or forever hold your peace until Wednesday at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
To wrap up the show, to the tweets we go, uh, our buddy me checking in here, Mozi. Who? Who? Me. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. There we go. Uh, me says, Victory, gentlemen, what's a more yinzer thing to do than to worry over a big win? <laughs> Wear your Ben Roethlisberger jersey to church on Sunday? Uh, put out a parking yeah. chair in your front yard during a parade? Yeah. Put French fries on anything remotely healthy. And uh, use coleslaw with said French fries as well. Uh, let's that's, see. That's about Ah, cookie table to wedding. Oh, yes, yes. There that's we go. about all I got. Yeah. That's about all that's more yinzer than worrying over a big win. That's that's about all I got. And putting an S on the end of every sentence, every word. Ah, you, you say. know what, yes, too? Add an S. Suddenly slamming on the brakes whenever you have to go through the tunnels because you're afraid of the tunnel monster. You're, you're right. That's an extremely yes, yinzer thing to yes, do. Yes, yes. Uh, in, in construction. Not, not to be critical. Construction cones, but no construction workers. That's another thing. Always construction cones, never the worker out there. I, I'm like, y'all are the hardest working ghost I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Whole left lane shut down for six miles. I'm like, who, They're who, doing who? work on a 20-yard stretch. And, and I don't even see the guy out here. I'm like, where, where are you at? What are you doing? When do you work? <laughs> you know me came correct with all the questions. Uh, should we hit the panic button on the run game? That's something you and I discussed a little bit earlier. No. You, it's, it's fair to be a little concerned, a little worried at this point, but not panic yet. Not yeah, yet. We don't need, need to... Don't push the little red button just yet. Uh, two, I am currently working in my pajamas right now. Lame or no? Heck no. Bro, newsflash. When I do Steelers TV or some of my uh, my my TV segments, a lot of times I'm I'm business casual up top. It's business up top. It's yep. casual down bottom, baby. Yep, that's the new mullet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you <laughs> business up top. Just stay business. For, camera angle has to be business. Right. But you you better party down bottom, baby. Oh, me. I mean, and you, you – uh, Arthur Motes and I, we do radio in here. I mean, half the time we look like we're still in our pajamas when we come in in the morning anyway. Trust me, there, there have been times. pants and t-shirts. Listen, and, there have been times I've contemplated showing up in here with my bed pants and slippers when I said, I don't want to disrespect Wes. Because Wes at least going to put some no, jeans on. He so might put some jeans on. It's been a, it was a funny dynamic, right, where like Motes and I, we dress down in here for the show. Yeah. When the pandemic and all the quarantine and everything like when we were in like april may june <laughs> it came it went the opposite way because the only people that moats and i were seeing besides our families yes. were each other yes so there was a couple months <laughs> where like we'd get dressed up to come in here because right. it was the only chance we ever had to get dressed to up on, yeah. we had to get our outfits off no somehow question. um but yeah that's definitely swung back around i've worn moccasins in here before we've yeah. both worn sweatpants we both got hoodies on right now yeah, I, but but for me, like I don't view hoodie as like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I'm but like. But you know what? For us dudes, we we can get away with hoodie. You say like you don't want to, you know, like disrespect me with the outfit. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the sloppier you dress, the more respected oh, I feel. Stop it, man. No, I'm serious. Stop it. It means it, like it means you're comfortable. You know what I mean? Like if you come in here like nice pants on, nice shirt every well, single well, week. I, I've downgraded the jewelry. You know, I, I don't even wear my shine here anymore. Just, I come with the Apple Watch on now, man. You know, you're 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 more comfortable around hey, me. That's okay, all. You okay. Know, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, and then last one. Oh, me always with the good questions. <sighs> Motes, you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic here. Oh, here we go. But this could be potentially the best, if not the best, certainly a top three question we've ever gotten mm. on the show. Favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh, man, this is simple. Raphael, give me my two daggers. I'm getting yeah, after it. And I'm talking, I love Raphael. I'm talking big boy I'm going greasy to everybody, though. man. I'm going Michelangelo. See, that was, that was always yeah. my little brother. Ra little, Raphael, little brother was Raphael, Raphael would be number two for me. Yeah. But look at us. Yeah, for you got to go yeah. with the goofball ones. I, I, I was always and the Ralph, And man. the pizza boys. Ralph going to eat pizza, talk smack, and he want to fight everyone. <laughs> yep, I loved it.
Um, Donatello was fired too, though. God, Donatello. Just was, not Leonardo. He's, 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 I mean, he's, he's great. He's, yeah, you need Leonardo, but he's too much of a square. He's, he's the leader. I, I don't want to leave. Yeah. All right. I want a good fall. Give me chaos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Irie says, respect and props to the defense for welcoming Burroughs. Burroughs! To the AFC North the proper way. Uh, Keith asks about Mike Tomlin being a little animated with that holding call at the end of the game. Do you think that was a pity, uh, a pity call or just because they didn't get one holding call, all pe- or didn't call one holding penalty on the Bengals all game? Maybe a little of both. Probably, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both and a little showmanship, you know. I mean, he, he, he tripping on the call that was it really going to affect the game? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steel City Champ says, Big Ben's performance this season reminding me of the uh, Last Dance MJ documentary. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chris wants to know, do you really think that uh, youth football coaches, Pop Warner coaches, teach their players to tackle properly like those NFL-sponsored commercials? Well, I will say this. Hopefully. So when we would throw some of the camps – that we would do with the Steelers, um, especially like our youth camps. We couldn't do it this year because of COVID. But we were always assigned with these high school coaches, so we did have to actually make sure that we communicated the proper way and the proper technique, the the, the head-up tackling and stuff. So for the ones that did work with them, yes. But not all of the coaches are certified under the uh, the NFL um, in terms of – they. I forgot what they call their classification. It's some type of like – NFL youth football certification where these coaches have went through seminars and classes on right, it. Right. Not every coach has that. And it's not mandatory either. So you can be playing in the whip hill, right? And, you know, this school over here has a coach that has the certification where that coach doesn't. That, I mean, that's just, it's not required everywhere just yet. Now, once they make it a requirement, then, yeah, we'll definitely see it across the board. But I think that's why some places they do do it and they do a great job of it and others, eh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully they are. Hopefully they are certainly doing their due diligence in that regard. Uh, let's see. A couple more tweets to get to here. Uh, Carlos wants to know if you think we will ever see Josh Dobbs in-game in a season. Or is it always going to be Mason? This year, I think it'll all be Mason. I think – it will change if they both have a full all season this all season preseason and Dobbs performs in a level that you know makes him more valuable to the team but right now with the lack of preseason and the lack of opportunities in practice Dobbs isn't going to have an opportunity to to outplay Mason unless Mason gets extended opportunity he goes out there and stinks it up I don't anticipate either one happening cuz Ben being healthy we shouldn't see a lot of Mason unless it's in blowouts and yeah, with that little bit of time, that's not going to allow Dobbs a chance to really perform and, and beat him out. So I think that's why we're always going to see Mason this year. Right. I, I think that's I think that's a good call by you. Um, we got a couple questions, Motsi, about uh, Anthony McFarland and about Kevin Dotson mm-hmm. getting more involved in the run game. McFarland, sure. Dotson, that's difficult. You don't want to have – guards that you're bringing in just for run plays and you're tip then you're tipping your hand like crazy yeah. as impressive as he's been I think he's still the, the third guy um, amongst Filer and DeCastro McFarland though I don't know we could see more of him down the stretch that wouldn't surprise me well you gotta remember McFarland has started what two of the past three games he was the first back out there both in the running game and the passing game this week was a little bit different but McFarland has been getting opportunities it's just McFarland has to utilize him and, and be more effective in those opportunities. Now, we said with the running game, a lot of that, you know, 
that wasn't on him. That was more so on the offensive line. But just as a whole, when he gets those opportunities, he just has to continue to be productive. And with Dotson, I mean, I understand the 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 hype around Dotson because he played well early on. And I understand how the running game, I mean, on paper, they were a lot more productive early on. But I don't think it's as simple as, oh, just put Dotson out there and the running game is going to be fixed. Earlier on in the season, you could get away with some of the things that they were doing. And we said schematically they were doing different things as well to, to make the running game more effective. Right now, the way they're operating, it doesn't matter if Dotson's out there or not. If they go out there and they aren't yeah. doing some of the window dressing that we talked about earlier on, the results are going to be the same. I think that's fair, Arthur Motes. I think that's fair. Um, we got a bunch of Donatellos and Raphaels for about the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, all right, let's see here. Last one. I think this is an appropriate way to end it. And we got a ton of tweets today. So if I did not see, if we didn't see your tweet, if we didn't get to it, um, I apologize. We're not ignoring you or anything. Oh, we got a lot of tweets today. Keep them coming throughout the week. We will get to you if you tweet us consistently, all right? So if we do miss you one of these days, don't take it personally. Just keep tweeting, and we will get to you. Uh, last one. And I think this is, like I said, I think this is a good okay, way to end it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Adam said, and this was last segment, while you had Mozi fired up about the, about the helmet contact, um, can I get a shout-out for my little man, Cruz? We live down here in Panther country, and he's a little torn. I need to make sure he grows up being part of Steeler Nation. So tell Cruz what it's all about, Mozi. Cruz, come on, baby. Black and gold all day, every day. Listen, man, I was watching that Panthers game yesterday, and I said to myself, as a Steeler, I've kicked butt every time we played in Carolina. You don't want to be on the bad end of those butt kickings, baby, all right? You don't want to do that, Cruz. Okay, so so choose a winner on, right now. You, your father's already teaching you the right way. We got a, a, a ton of people that would love you in Steelers Nation. It's not like that keep pounding where one minute y'all want to pound, next minute the drum don't work anymore. You don't have to worry about that in Steelers Nation, all right? We'll get you a terrible towel. It's a great accessory. goes well if you're hot, if you're cold, if you just want something to look stylish. So with that being said, Cruz, don't even make the, the mistake of having to go out there and learn on your own and then come back to the winning, to the winning side. Make the right decision now, baby. Right. Join Still the Nation because there's plenty of room for you, baby. And you know what, Cruz? If your friends who are Panthers fans try and give you grief, uh -oh. you just hit them with a little Mike Tomlin. Uh-oh. We do not care. And you tell them you do not care. Facts. Uh, great stuff, everybody. We love the participation on Twitter. Great stuff today. Like I said, if we didn't get to your tweet today, don't take it personally. Just keep tweeting. Uh, no show tomorrow, of course, Mike Tomlin Tuesday. But we'll be back with Yins on Wednesday to give our final thoughts on the Bengals and to start looking ahead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll talk to uh, you guys on Wednesday. As always, at high noon, and you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.